2: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Back of the Nest Review Show. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com
2: hello and welcome to the back of the nest review show being done a little differently this week Uh, there's no pre-prepared introduction there's no show plan uh not that we tend to read much of it anyway but there's been no real prep because this of course is a direct reaction to today's game today at the time of recording and the time of broadcasting um that is 1-1 against brighton and um not so much the result, but really the, the level of performance, the level of ambition. Uh, these are all the kind of things that people have been talking about. You know, How do we react to that? How do we feel about that? And m- most importantly, uh, you know, Roy, our manager, is coming in for some quite sustained criticism uh, that probably goes even beyond what the likes of Patrick and I and Mike have talked <laughs> about in the past. It uh, really feels like a potential turning point, which is odd because it wasn't a defeat. It was a point it gives us 7 points um from our our first 5 games which is uh, over the 1 point per game average that we have for um for for 2020 but hey you know that's i suppose you could argue that as an improvement if you're trying to trying to add balance but um you know we got we got we're ready we're here for you. we've got live comments coming in already uh, for those of you watching uh, and we'll be covering those as we go. We've also had comments in, obviously, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, DMs, our private conversations, all sorts of stuff where people are getting in touch. And we'll be talking about all those comments as well. But um, listen, where we usually start, guys, and we would we'll try and start with a potential bit of perspective in the sense that let's think about where we were before kickoff. Obviously, it's a, uh, a massive game against Brighton. Um, so the nerves are in there. You know, you two were, were obviously in the, the watch along with me and you knew how, shall we say, ratty I was prior to that game. I get nervous. I get pent up. I get aggressive. All I want is for us to win. And arguably, I don't care how. Didn't quite pan out that way. But Roy picked a team that probably the only issue I had – well, there were two issues I had as I explained on the watch along. One was the, the level of defensiveness of the bench, which – you know, now we know that IU had uh, a positive test for COVID-19. Uh, we understand why he wasn't involved. But still, it looked like too defensive a bench if we needed to do something to change the game. Uh, but obviously, also, he uh, was dropped um, out of the side to accommodate Jeffrey Schlup. which, you know, I was kind of 50-50 on. They're very different players. I like the pace that Schlup has. I like the directness that he has. But... Um, you know, I think we saw as the game went on, the you know the player that stood out being Jarrah Rinoval was because he was patient and comfortable in possession, uh, and we probably would have valued someone like that in terms of Eze uh, being on the pitch. Roy, of course, had ample opportunity to put him on the pitch, but didn't. But let's start. I don't want to get your your feelings, Patrick. You're the your first because you're top left on my screen as I look at it. Um, so, how were you feeling when you saw the lineup first and foremost before what unfolded?
1: As I said during the watch long, I didn't have a particular problem with it, but I would have liked to have seen it as a play. I mean, I'm a big fan. Um, I like players that can um, create, can hold on to the ball, can, can do things that are special, and that's Eze. Um, like most don't have, I don't have a problem with Shlop. I like how he plays, but I feel as though he plays uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, he's a, one of Roy's favorites. Uh, two, he is very direct. Uh, and three, you know, he can carry the ball forward, but Again, for me, I'd, I just rather I'd rather Eze play because I want to see him get bedded in. I see how Roy is. Roy does not bet in players very quickly. I fear that Eze, as far as him ever getting any, you know, real time under Hodgson. So I would have liked to see him play. The other change I had no issue with, um, I'm a big Sacco fan, but he played terribly last match. So bring Cahill in, no problem. Um, you're not going to put PVA in for Mitchell, no problem with there. Uh, and you had to, to start Batch with um with. I used COVID tests. But again, the only issue I really had was with Eze, because again, as you mentioned, uh Gyro is a uh, you know calm on the board, and so is Eze. Um and I felt like uh was really in there, um, really just to kind of protect Mitchell. And as we saw during the match, it didn't really help for the first twenty five or so minutes because he, he was trying to he was more centralized under I guess under Roy's plan. But it would have been nice, like I said, to have Eze start
2: yeah and we we could stop in mean, at the time in the during the game, we we're obviously speculating on what that plan might be and why people were doing what they were doing. <laughs> right. some, some comments from Hodgson after the game that we'll come to that seem to indicate uh, perhaps we were giving a little too much credit there. Um, just to, just before I, I asked Mike is his views pre-game, uh, just you know plenty of comments coming in, some debate going on there as well. that's great. We'll pick and choose from that as we go. Uh, once we've sort of set the tone in this this opening this opening stage, so don't think we're ignoring anything that you're saying. We can read it all live. Try and try and not be too mean um, in there as well. But Mike, just going back to you. Obviously, Patrick's given his views, and um, um, how did you feel going into that game? Once you saw that what Roy selected, many people saying that it looks like on paper it's a really positive team. It's an attacking team. They were looking at the balance of Zaha alongside Batshuai. Everyone was feeling quite, you know positive at the time but you know Palace how are you feeling?
0: Well I mean it doesn't take us long to decide um, that certain things make the team better and I think everyone decided including myself that Schluck being back in the side would be the difference between the first two games and the two games we lost uh, because of his pace Um, and I think before the game I was very happy with the setup. I really wanted Eze to be in there as well but Um, With the 4-4-2, it's kind of hard to see where he'd fit in unless somebody took a dip in form Um, or we played him in the front two. Um, And that's you know, he justified his place in the end. I think he played really well. Um, There's a comment here from Dave Newman. I believe we missed IE today breaking up the play. His energy brings to the team. Well, I think that's did that as well. Um, uh, The thing I wanted to bring up was the bench, really. First, the fact that uh, Mitchell was playing over PBA. Uh, whether that's because he's not quite fit, but I, I'm surprised at that. Um, it, it was also good to see Klein in there. Um, I mean, it makes no difference. We could have had Ronaldo, Messi, and George Best back from the dead, and he still wouldn't have brought <laughs> on. But um, <laughs> you know, it's not. It's nice to see Klein on the events.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to get um, at least uh, another look at him back at Palace. But look, I mean, the general feeling. Pre, the reason I, I i you know we went through that the reason we're talking about it is because pre-game there was a degree of optimism and you know really to to take us into what we really want to talk about you know it's how quickly that can evaporate you know we 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 started the game and the thing that you're really looking for could we, you, you mentioned it Mike that the two games the Southampton game probably less so because I really wasn't impressed with that if I'm being completely honest but definitely the, the, the Man United game where we came out of the traps firing you know we were so happy about it because after the game Wilf talked to Silla I said back yourselves be confident be brave and that's exactly what we were and we just we haven't been that way since and I, and I don't really know why um, but we can talk about you know who's actually ultimately responsible for that but you know, we, we we came out of the traps incredibly slowly, and within five minutes of us doing that watch along, guys. You know, you know what we felt like. We felt like we were watching. We knew what had happened. You know, and unfortunately, the comments post game have kind of just reinforced that message, where it just we looked like a team that have decided, okay, Brighton are going to keep the ball because they they're a possession based team, so we'll just enable that, and that's the way we have to play today because that's what they do. And there's no point did did they enter into anybody's mind. Well, hold on. If Why do they get to dictate that? Why do they get to be a possession-based team, come to Selhurst, dominate the ball? And the only reason that they get to do that is if you let them do that. Did they let us be a possession-based team when we had possession of the ball? Did they stop, watch us pass it around the back? No. They were on us every single second of every single part of that game. And the, the fact that – I mean, let's get straight into it. And I, I want reactions from this because – After the game, Roy Hodgson was asked about Brighton's performance, which was considerably better than ours. Um, And he was clearly irritated, but he doesn't know irritation when when we get to the second comment. He really doesn't. He says, I thought that they were good, but it's not my job to assess them. Kind of is your job, mate. Kind of (laughs) is your job to assess them both before and after the game to see what you could have done differently, maybe. But anyway, he said, I've got my idea what players on my team can do and set them up to play. I was satisfied with what they achieved.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He was satisfied with what, with what the players achieved today.
1: So we achieved one shot on goal off of the penalty that Will scored. He has got to be joking. seriously. So now you're going to wind me up. See, so the thing is. Watch along really helped me because watching with you guys, I really wasn't that bothered. Normally, when I watch a match by myself, I get really, really upset. I am on Twitter at the same time I'm tweeting. It's really bad. Today wasn't as bad because I was with you and i like, it kind of, but that comment really (laughs) winds me up right now. He has got to be joking. It is, that was one of the worst performances I've seen at a Palace side in a very long time. And that's saying a lot. It really is because we just didn't, we didn't put out our store to do anything but to defend at home against our biggest rival. It's like he doesn't even get the rivalry anymore like i had that problem uh, a few seasons ago when we lost to them in the fa cup that year and we lost them in the league and i was like he doesn't get the rivalry but now i'm saying to myself what kind of comment is that to make i mean wh- there was a comment in the in in the chat just now someone said our players are too good to play with these tactics players can be happy to play this way can't be happy that's from scott buchanan 12 he's right yeah. how could he be happy playing under this under this manager right now it is so wolf we all talk about how Wolf has this body language issue and he gets frustrated. How could he not be, lads, under this? How could he not be on the plane under Hudson? He's gone to the point where Batshuayi, when he came off, looked looked furious at coming off. You could tell in his body language. I always play with that look on his face. Ben Tech, you know, it's like, come on. He, he, he doesn't laugh at that comment. He really is.
2: How could you possibly... I mean, what he must be soul-destroying, right, to... To know that that's your game plan, to know that even before you set foot on the pitch, you're going to be feeding off of scraps the whole game and that you're not going to want to do anything different. That's the problem. That's the problem with all of this. Yeah, yeah, and lots of people called it that. And lots of neutrals today. It's not just... You know, as, as a lot of people have been accusing those people have been negative towards Roy. You know, oh, you, you know, you're you're loving one minute, you're hating the next. You know, you're not appreciating what he does. You've got neutral supporters today who've sat down and watched that game, calling Palace anti-football, and they're they're right. They're absolutely right. And I've got to read this comment because not mainly because I just love the name, Big Fat Peng Ting. Um, <laughs> can I can't believe people are content with this type of football. We've got nowhere in seven years, and whilst I think I can't blame Roy for anything in the years before him joining, yeah, no, much I as I yeah. feel like it right now. <laughs> um, you know, I think we we're we we're we we're a bigger and better club than we were seven years ago. But the problem we've got is we've had a manager who's probably outstayed his welcome by two seasons minimum. In terms of when he joined, he was probably exactly what we needed for a, for a period of time, but. In order for us to progress and grow as a team, and for order for us to have a plan in place, it's just it's just not the guy, and we're finding that now. It's why we've got an aging squad. It's why we've got no seemingly alternative way of playing, and uh, it's driving me absolutely mad right now. And, and, and I'm not the only one.
0: Uh, I mean, um, the, the the problem is um, repeating this. I mean, he's not he's not going anywhere till the end of the season. We um, could say. Uh, in his after in his after game interview, um, he said, "You know, Brighton probably could say that they thought that you know that they deserved a point." Which is, if you get out the Hodgson to English dictionary translation, that's they <laughs> dicked all fucking over <laughs> us. Um, so, you know, I, I think he, I think even he knew today. Um, you know, uh, 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 the standard comment back. So we we usually do f- four word reviews on Twitter, and people just say what they think of the game in four words. Cy Pizzi, who is of this parish, uh, said, "Respect the point, lads, um, so we can discuss that." Aiden Smith oh, here. It, it was poor, no doubt about that. But what Roy will get us results with these tactics? Do we want us to be more attacking, like under Pardie, maybe get to a cup final and then relegated? I think. I think the point we need to discuss is the fact that um, at least we thought when we go one nil up, we can we can w- usually. I mean, there is. I think. DR pulled out the stats, we haven't lost a game in three years and we've gone ahead. It looked today like we would actually lost the ability to see out a game as well. And if that's the one thing we're good at, that I mean, that's really worrying. And somebody else a bit further up said, um, what did Brighton get out of, tw- you know, having 20 shots, nothing? Well, it, we were very lucky that their finishing is poor, really poor, because any other side would, would have beaten us today, Fulham yeah. would have beaten us today.
2: Yeah, let's not forget, you know, Brighton have had a worse 2020 than we have. You know, for all the for all the supposed pretty football that they play, right? Yeah. And for all their, they're all over Twitter now saying what a rubbish team Palace are. Well, they're rubbish as well, right? Because they don't play effective football. But we had one shot against them, one shot, and it was a penalty. And, and we are the only team in Premier League history to have ever ended a match with only one shot and it being a penalty. And, 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 an
0: X, and an xg of 0.00 yeah, exactly. because of the fact it, it was a penalty that's the first time that has ever happened in premier league history since yeah. xg stats have started and that is ridiculous
2: and let's not forget the stat that popped up during the course of the game Were we what were we worst in worst in possession worst in passes in the opponent's half was it we're oh, we're basically effectively attacking wise really and works
0: for successive passing, which is that's the, right. Yeah. So so Reed-Aveld has come out. There's an interview on the, on the site that's come up quite soon before we went on here, so, um, and I'll, I'll I'll give you a quote. Um, so he said, um, "Sometimes we chose the long ball instead of keeping the ball on the ground and going for excellent pass." That's interesting English, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a tough game with that style, the pitch is going to be big, opening up, it was a battle. I mean, that is so obvious, and that is not his fault. (laughs) That is the manager's fault.
2: But he's, I mean, we picked it out during the game, didn't we, the fact you could see that the game plan wasn't working from the minute. What was it, it was probably about minute three or four, Patrick, we were talking about it, where you could see we'd already started whacking the ball into the channels in the hope that someone might chase onto it. Because whatever we'd decided to do, just wasn't panning out from from the third minute but we just didn't change it for the whole game uh, and then let's not even get i mean do we even get into the fact that when we did change it when changes finally did happen they were made seemingly to invite further pressure and we all, you all knew it was coming we were sitting there on the watch long looking you know saying to each other we're just we're going to concede here because we, we you know we took forward players off we we moved people about we We backed off and backed off and backed off. And at no stage did we try and do anything about it. And it just goes to show you the first instinct for Roy is, is defense. You know, we often talk about the idea that attack is quite a good form of defense. There's a saying about that somewhere, isn't there? Uh, But at the very least, I would say possession of the ball is quite a good form of defense. You know, that's quite an obvious thing. Yeah.
0: keeping the ball. Uh, Can I just, a few people have said this question. We had a goal disallowed, so that's two shots. no, well, it's, it, it isn't because the, oh, it was disallowed, so it wasn't a live play. So it was, it was one shot. Yeah, great.
2: Right. So I want to get into. Um, it's that Alden Smith's uh, comment in just a moment because it's quite a well-structured question. But um, I do want to take another little walk down um, Roy Hodgson comment lane, which is uh, <laughs> not a lane that I particularly enjoy.
0: That's going to be a little tiny village somewhere, isn't it? Like <laughs> <it's next laughs> isn't lane. Right. quiet,
2: boring. <laughs> Absolutely right, lane. So just drink this in, everyone. So, um, so the the, the prefix to this, it's on the uh, team talk website. Is it, uh, it says, despite their lack of activity up front, Hodgson was pleased with how Palace defended, insisting their approach almost resulted in a win. The quality of the defensive performance and effort they put in uh, against a good team. Um, hang on, that doesn't even make sense, does it? Yeah. Um uh, we defended our way almost to three to a, to a very good three points. This, let me just say that again. We defended our way to almost a three very good, very good three points. We defended our way to almost three very good points. Do you know
1: what? Yeah, because technically in football you can't defend your way to more than a single point because if you don't score a goal you can't get more than a point. That's the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my life. Seriously, like, he baffling, can't be yeah. serious with that comment. It's baffling.
2: But he says, um, "He says it's something that can happen in the first or ninety-fifth minute. If the opponent have the ball around your area, it can fall kindly or get or get fortune with a deflection, which I'm sure they would say is fully deserved." I mean, let's you not know, should we talk about the chances that they missed? What about yeah. fortune?
1: And you know what? Before we go ahead, I'm really glad this game ended up one-one and not one-nil to us. Because if it was one-nil to us, every comment he made would be justified today, every single one. And people would say, "Oh, stop moaning about Hodgson, we won the match, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you right now, I am so glad in retrospect we, we got the draw or they got the draw because if we had won that game 1-0, even though I'd love to beat Brighton 1-0, it would have papered over once again all the cracks that are going on that people do not want to see. And this 1-1 is showing people that this man has to go. He has to go. He's way behind the times. He, he has to go. And again, I want to go back. I actually know this bit by the way. Very nice guy. All right, um, you know, lives in New York. We go to Full Factory when it was open to go. The thing about the whole Pardew comment, and I'm again, you know me, I'm not a Pardew fan. All right, he got us to the cup final. We did not get relegated them. We would have been probably. We weren't. But the difference is that at least with under Pardew, okay, and I hate to say this, I hate to defend him, <laughs> we actually played a football that got us to a cup final. Yeah, we lost it. We could have won it, but at least we got. Hodgson doesn't try to win any cup games. He basically wants to just keep us up. I am so, I'm sorry if I offend anybody. I'm sick of the of attitude of, let's just stay up. We're a little old crystal pads, let's stay up. We have got to be past that. We are now, is this the eighth eight season or seventh season in Premier League? We are an established team. Can we act like one? Can we act like one? Well, you, you've,
2: you, you've just basically answered the question that, that he's asked there in terms of, well, what is it that we want? You know, right. I, I think, And I think as, as supporters, we're actually we're actually saying Almost less than the board are. You know, Steve Parrish has come out a few times and said yes, the aim is just... to is, is to develop the squad and, and push into top 10. Exactly. Okay. None of us are saying that, th- that our anger right now and our frustration is about not being top 10. Right. I mean, we are, aren't we? <laughs> we are in top 10. Our frustration at the moment is, is about good, how right. how badly the squad is being used and, and how poor it is to watch. And the idea, you know, right now of of having to pay to watch palace oh, i mean that criminal. i mean well i do i pay to watch palace today through my subscriptions but you know right. what i mean it's it, it feels like a punishment it feels like i did something wrong at some point and and this is what i have
0: to well, we've, we've already paid for our season ticket <laughs> exactly. exactly come on
2: <laughs> um but but you know what, what Roy is trying to say there, and this is my attempt at balance, right, what he's, what he's been trying to say in the stuff that I was reading out and what he actually finishes the the, the comment with was okay. that basically sometimes when, when the opposition, I wouldn't say go gung-ho, I think the word he uses is take the game to you, but sometimes right. when the opposition take the game to you, it puts you into a siege mentality, which, you know what, okay. I accept Fair. that. Yeah, absolutely. but we started with a siege mentality. That's the right. problem. The problem is not yep. that we were put into a siege mentality because if you watch that game up until the point we got a penalty with our only four a forward, and that was all about Andros Townsend being brave, taking someone on, yes, putting the a ball cost. in the box, yep. uh, and, and a mistake at the back for Brighton. But you know what? That's that's football. You can you can live with that. Right. And after that, we kind of and Roy used to comment to be almost we bared our teeth a little bit in the first half, but. What what is he saying with that? You know, I don't I don't really understand what he's saying with that. So going back to the point, what is it that we want? We want a manager that recognises nullifying the opponent, isn't good restricting our, yeah, restricting right. our attacking players to defensive roles more often than not, and asking them to produce a bit of magic in five or ten minutes of attacking play if we have to chase a game. Starting right. games like that carry on with games like that, that is no longer good enough and that is no longer acceptable with what we have.
0: If I can just play devil's advocate down Roy Hodgson Lane somewhere in Wiltshire, um, he did say in his interview afterwards, well, he he said that we we went too much into our shell um, and um, got far too deep defended without an outlet. So it it could be possible that he has realised that that was too far down uh, the wrong way, and he might do something about it next game, maybe, I don't know I, I doubt it, but uh, that, that was that was too much for Roy Hodgson the man who clearly goes as far as he can possibly go with that tactic that was too much for him so that's,
1: yeah, that's just playing devil's advocate And Hambo, you know, you mentioned about the defensive mentality we've been there before, we had Tony Pulis, we had Sam Althais, we've been there before we know what it's like to sit back, we get it can we go forward now? Do you know, it's not like we haven't had yeah. many before who've done that. And even those two were more excited to watch than this guy's been. Well,
2: I it's didn't. If that, if that, arguably, as much as I wasn't a massive fan of him, you know, as a person, arguably, yeah. Allardyce. Yeah, got, no, and, no, no. and Pewless to a point, right. but they both got a balance right, didn't they? Yes, you know? absolutely. There were, they were, they were Pewless games where we had 20% possession or got a 1 0 win, you know? And those right. were hard to stomach, but they weren't. It wasn't every game, you know? We and, and the thing is, people, again, we talk about having good results against the top six away and things like that, but it's the problem is, it's how we, we treated Brighton, and I think you said this in the game, we treated Brighton the same way we did Chelsea today. <laughs> How could you possibly do that? Unbelievable, you know. And, and it's bad enough us, us, you know, giving giving a clean sheet away to Chelsea. who couldn't keep clean sheets if they were playing in the Championship at the moment. Um, you know that's and we've let them over that. But I'm going to pick up on, on on a few comments. I don't want to ignore you guys for too long, really. But so some, some quick fire stuff so we can catch up. So first thing for you, Mike uh, Bradley Squire saying if Dice goes from Burnley and uh, if they lose, if they lose Monday and he's sacked or something like that, do you think we'll go for him?
0: I I just don't think that we're going to lose Hodgson because this tactic works sometimes and just (laughs) enough to keep us (laughs) nicely above the relegation zone. Uh. So it's irrelevant. There's no no point talking about managers because he's not going anywhere. He's, He's not getting... The only hope that we can get is that we get... Hodgson gets annoyed with his own tactics to the point where he slightly tweets him.
1: That's the only thing that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mike, I mean, what, what if the players rebel? Now, and I'm talking about, you know, what if the players decide, you know what? Because they have done that in the past with players who have gone behind the managers back and spoke to the board about how he's playing. What if Wilf and, uh, I don't know, Sacco and, I don't know, Eze go to the board and say, you know, we can play better than this. We have now... The one of the best goals we've ever had in the Premier League. I don't think anybody can anybody can argue that. And we were trying to add more players to that, and we are still playing as if we have twelve decent players. We have no flair. We have no, it's it's ridiculous. We have a very good goalkeeper, solid defence, good midfielders, and we're playing the same we've always played. We finally got we finally signed the striker in Batchway. Supposed to give us goals, hasn't scored a goal yet in five matches. Hasn't really gotten a chance to. But at what point did the players say, you know what, we can't play this anymore? Well, that, I mean. Change, the free- huh? the-
0: the thing is that he's surrounded himself with enough of his own minions that yeah. um if need be he can go right. Like, no wilf i've got benteke um don't worry about Eze. i i've got mccarthy to come back you know i've got yeah. i've got Butland now um yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I just think he'll, he'll grind it out with even worse performances you're not wrong but
2: he's but he just favors functional players over anything else and now there's, the a time and a, there's a time and a place for that and you know, we, we, we do reap the benefits of that sometimes in certain games, certainly in certain spells in games in particular, where the functional players will outperform, uh, you know, a talented opponent. And you'll be looking at someone like MacArthur or McCarthy or, uh, you know, Jeffrey Schlupp at times, and you'll be looking at those players and thinking, you know, you know I'm, I'm glad we've got people who are up for the fight on our team. I'm glad we've got people who are, not bothered about being flashy and not throwing themselves to the ground. They're out there playing football, and it, and it works great. But, you know, that, that has become fewer and further between. But, uh, look, to, to move on to comments, just to uh, mention Mark Zaz there, uh, basically confirming um, the, the sort of things that we're talking about, although he's described it as Jurassic football, but specifically pointing out the fact it's the not trying to win games and parking the bus that's getting to me. It's getting to all of us, mate, as you can tell. Um, really is. But um, Scott Buchanan here, and I'm going to aim this at you, Patrick, because it is something that I know you dislike as much as I do. Uh, it says he will probably keep us up. It's a case of being careful what you wish for. Uh,
1: no, 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 no. With all due respect, Scott, I, I am really sick of that last part of that comment. I know where it's aimed at, the whole Charlton thing and et cetera, but I, I, I'm not having it anymore. We are, we are in the better position we've ever been in. We've got decent ownership. We've got a good squad. We need to push on, and if push on um, doesn't mean relegation, I'm sorry, it just doesn't mean that. We're, you know, the, the the league has changed since Sean uh, got relegated, and and you know, and set I'm not having that. Be careful what you wish for. A great name of a book, by the way. Um, just real quick endorsement. Got the book right here, Mister Jordan's book. There so read it a few quite a few times, but no, I'm 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 not having that a- attitude. A- a- no, I think that um, that attitude is what is why we're in the position where we are now. That's why, and that's why certain fans just just content to just put up with what Hodgson's putting us through. No, no, we've had five managers keep us up. Um, another one can do the same exact thing, but which one is going to push us forward? That's what I want. I want I, We've had we've had managers keep us up. Pardew did it twice. Adice did it. Poulos did it. Hodgson's done it. We can do better than this. We can do better than this. I'm sorry, and if it's Eddie Howe or whomever, I don't care. I want a manager that's gonna that's not only going to show me that he can play 2020 type Premier League football can push us on and maybe go for a league cup or or something like that we don't have to play this no i'm not having it. i'm sorry i mean with all due respect here we wish for us besides this book don't want to hear it sorry
2: i've got to say uh there's i mean i i did use a, a version of this phrasing earlier on on twitter when i was talking with a few people and it's the idea that you know the risk averse approach stays risk averse you know the idea of being protective of the team and 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 not not coming too far out of your comfort zone in case you lose matches, making sure you get just about enough points, that kind of stuff that we're talking about here. And it kind of leads on to something else that Scott was saying about the only stat Roy cares about is the points at the end of the game. And and that Scott agrees with that to an extent. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that is a risk averse approach. That is saying yeah. I'm gonna take I'm gonna look at the 38 games as a whole mm. and I'm gonna and I'm never gonna panic when I lose and I'm never gonna panic when I when we fail to win. I'm gonna just keep keep at this level the whole time. And over the course of the season, we should end up It'll okay. Out. Yep. But that is that being that risk averse, not putting, you know, even in games, not taking that risk of putting an extra player forward, taking a defender off for an attacker when you're losing that kind of stuff. If you never do that, you never change anything and it will come back because eventually you would just teams look at what you're doing and, and they, they know that they don't need to worry. It's you, if you don't change, other people will know exactly what you're doing and they will change. So every team that comes... You, you look at how we started the season. I don't think it's any coincidence we won our opening two Premier League games because it only took two Premier League games for people to go, oh, look, they're using the 4-4-2 four, four, now. Oh, look, they're playing counter-attack now. And what happened? After United game, straight up, Everton fouled us every time we tried to counter-attack, didn't they? And, then every, and, and, and the two games since every Townsend in particular but Zaha uh, Schlupp or Eze whoever's playing on the left at the time players standing on them when we try and break basically almost every time because they've just seen it the new tactic from just give it to Zaha this year we got another tactic as well as give it to Zaha we got try and try and counter attack oh it's (laughs) worth that they take two games Roy you have to come up with a third tactic Anyway, um I'm being quite facetious, but you know that's how it is. Jumping back to a DR Kernas' question. We love a DR Kernas' question. Yes. I'm sorry DR's not with us today. It's this is his channel. This is his yes. you
0: know,
2: his his game and he's not even here. He's, he's uh, I
0: mean to be fair to him he's at work. So um, but yeah, uh close the door now said DR Kernas is a genius. Um <laughs> what you're basically saying there is you three, not kind of for me. Um but DR <laughs> but,
2: but DR was basically he said a few things, but he said that big Sam was our um, our best manager since promotion, and I think he's probably right there. Uh if I'm it just just wasn't around long enough for me to to feel good good about that. But he is asking the question and it's got some degree of debate. Um, you
1: know what? I was it? Was actually? But also of the I can't titles. believe you're
2: saying that. And, you, and, no, and I know, and but... I'm and
1: I'm the, I'm the biggest hater of the man. But no, you know, I have. But again, it's six one half another another whatever. I
2: mean. Well, Dr. Saying, where do you rate Roy? And, and I know, you probably know what you're about to say, Patrick. So I'm going to ask Mike first. Where do you uh, where do you rate Roy in terms of managers that we've ever had at the club?
1: Ever or just promote? Just well, something? that
2: you're aware of, I can't ask you about managers you've never
1: heard of. Or I was going to say, if you're going um, to ask me, I'm going to. All right, never mind. Go ahead. I mean, Go ahead Mike. It really, it really
0: depends. I, you know, I, I think two years ago this would be uh, this kind of steady the ship approach would be exactly what was needed. But right now, I, I just think our squad's too good for it, and it, he's a great manager with a less good squad, but. You know, we've signed some good players and there's just, there's no need for this now. Uh, Football's meant to be entertainment. So, yeah, um, somebody just said, Dale Martin, yes, football's a business, but it's also entertainment in brackets, allegedly. It's not. And I mean, we're not going to get new kids being Palace fans if the time they get to watch on TV we play like that, I mean... I, I Honestly, we just went down in another five years. <laughs> <I laughs> um, of do,
2: I do feel that way, I have to say. And, and it's not an easy thing to say, but, you know, I, and I hate it because I know it's to a degree, it's nostalgia and it's it's yeah, also I'm, nostalgia for a time in my life. But... We
0: sound like West Ham fans moaning, yeah. but it, it's fine. It's great. He's getting enough points. But at the same time, do, do you know you can have somebody that's like really anti-COVID and they stay inside and never take any risks? And then their life is boring as hell. You know, I'd, I'd rather the odd risk was taken and the odd trip to the pub, just so my life isn't soul destroyingly, soul crushingly dull. Um, and this yeah. is the football interpretation of somebody that didn't need to stay at home shielding, but has done for seven months. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, great
1: and great analogy. Brilliant. Oh, there we go. Um, you know what? I the- want to get to the end of a Kurnace's question. Better than Coppola's sure. too high. Is he's, it, seriously? Is 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 Dr. Okay today? Better than Coppola too high. That is so blasphemous. I couldn't even... To be fair, he's, tr- he's trying to get
2: get a reaction from you because he doesn't Wait, remember he got Coppola, one. Doesn't... So,
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> as far as that, matches I've seen, couples by far and away the best match we've ever had. After him, I would probably go with Terry Venables, would be second. I wouldn't put Hodgson anywhere near the top... Eight. I'd have Pudis ahead, ahead of him, I'd have Adelaide ahead of him. i I put, put Burr ahead, or first match I ever saw in Palace, ahead of him. I might even put Steve Kemba ahead of him. So <laughs> I mean, that's how... I'll put Dougie ahead of him and I'm not even, I will put Dougie ahead of, of, of Roy Hodgson. So where are we, where are we now? Eight. I mean, it's just below like
0: Steve Bruce for me.
1: Um, I like... Bruce for that short time was great. I love, I love Holloway. Sorry. I love Ollie. I know he didn't work in the Premier League. So what are we? Nine now? He's not even in the top 10 DR. So you want to be funny about Steve Coppola higher. How about Steve Coppola a lot, lot lower? How's that sound? Um, Patrick, what was Edmund
2: Goodman like?
1: Yeah, I've that had a joke yet before. First man that, t- that won the uh, title of yeah, <laughs> like Division he, 3 South. He was pretty he was good at Yeah, he was. Can, he was excellent. I was just wondering
2: what he was like. Should can I, you know, can I use
0: Cliff laughing? Perry's comment here as, as a launch? When you can. We were firing out for an earlier intro for Ben Teke as we couldn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. Um. Uh, to me... I, I just don't think that any one player was going to be the solution today um, because of the way we were playing. I, I, I really think we could have brought anyone on and no one person was going to save stuff. Zahar could not... I mean, we, I think we talked... We, he hadn't touched the ball in about the first 20 minutes of the second half. I, I just don't think Benteke would... There was no outlet ball because nobody was even pinging a ball that was anywhere near anyone. You know, that uh, our actual pass ratio of of passes that actually reached their man were rubbish. They were 69%. I mean, that is... So, one in three balls didn't hit their man. That's pathetic. And I really don't think Benteke would have done anything
1: to help that along, but... My, it? Yeah, I will say is that, um, based on the comment by Jairo about playing the long ball, and I remember towards the end of the match, remember we uh, Chris made the comment, or a couple of balls played to Wilf. We're like, why, why are we playing the ball long to You're go never going to win that ball. If, he, if we were playing a tactic that would have probably suited, Be- um, Benteke more than Batch or Wilf, mm. I'd have taken yeah. Wilf off and put left Batch on because Wilf was beyond frustrated in that game, beyond frustrated. Second half, he didn't touch the ball. You saw him arguing towards the end with with uh, Tariq, Tariq Lamptey. He was totally frustrated getting involved in stuff he shouldn't have got involved in. I mean, to me, bringing him, him on for Wolf only because, again, we were playing long balls to nobody with no plan. So who better to do something like that than Benteke, Ben Benteke, right? <laughs>
2: Yep, Absolutely right. Yeah, I, I can't really add anything to that. You pretty much said what I was going to say, Patrick. I do want to jump back up. I'm going to steam through a few comments because some of them are just uh, observations and things that we've covered. But I did want to pick out what fake Italian said a little while ago. He said, failing to get Saar is a big mistake. Uh, you could easily see Brighton getting their goal. And Roy has no clue about having a plan B. We have decent players, but he plays poor football. And I think, you know, the comment on Saar is a big one. I, I don't think Given the way that we went about it, that we realistically thought we were going to get him, I think it right. was uh, I think it was a case of chucking a bid in, seeing what happens, but not really expecting much. But I, I definitely think he would have been a much better choice than than Ben Rama, and I think he had more more chance of actually playing um, because he's a very good player, and also he's on the he plays on the right hand side where we where we do need some competition uh, for places. But having said that. It kind of suits the old system more than the new one but yeah you know, I, you know, I do think you know but but we, we you know i hope i hope we'll do something in january but um but i think the the point on plan b there is is absolutely right
1: so i have a comment because i saw i'm sorry i can't give the person credit there was a comment in this, in, in there about why would players want to come play for palace and i want to just touch on that if you get you guys opinion now we failed to get ben rama we failed to get Saab, but the truth of the matter is do you think, one, Roy even wanted those two players? And, two, why would they want to come and play for Palace? Let's look at players that of the similar ilk that have come to Palace. You've got Eze, you've got Batshuayi. Batshuayi did have a great uh, f- uh, loan spell the first time. Right now he is struggling to just, just to, to to contribute more. Eze, we know he's going to take a while to bet in. Max Meyer wasn't um, Roy's player but was here, doesn't play. I'm sorry if you could just – the player we got last year from Cardiff who never played – for some reason I don't know why all of a sudden I forgot his name. He didn't play at all. And I and I can help me out. Hey, you, you've
2: caused me to have a problem as well. Right. Mike, say, um begins he, with,
1: Camarasa, begins with Camarasa, Camarasa, Never, never played. Never. We don't we all don't know. We, we believe it was some incident that happened on the training ground. Never played. Why would someone of, of any flair of any ilk want to come play for Palace right now? I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want mm. to. And the players we do have, like Wilf. Hooverno uh, he's played great and scored goals, looked frustrated a lot of the time. Eze Townsend, but I give him credit done really well. I just I just don't see why a player of any, any player would ever come play for us right now.
2: Well, um also in the chat, uh, Dave Newman is, has got the debate raging on who do the people want if Roy goes. And look, we've we've talked about Dice a little bit here. In the past, I've gone on record as saying that um I quite I quite an admirer of Daniel uh Farker at Norwich. I think he's hey, uh, uh, but yeah, what what Patrick coughed? <laughs> that's what we all expect. We all expect it uh, to be a fairly planned transition, if you like. That that's what you'd expect. Hal's uh, currently taking a break from football. Roy is coming towards the end of his managerial career. We've wanted He's to take a break. Roy's taking
1: a break right now too, apparently. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it seems that way. Uh, but but you know, basically, you know, logic almost aligns the stars in that one. And I'm not a big fan of Hal, but I am a big fan of anyone but Roy right now and um i, I i'm sorry to say that and i probably i possibly don't mean it as badly as it sounds but I, I just don't know anymore um and i think Neil is articulating that well qu- quite well actually Neil Du De-la- Lake Dulake? Delake I don't know whatever however you pronounce it sorry Neil for mangling your last name uh but he said i respect Roy as a person and as a manager but enough is enough of this before it's too late please parish get eddie howe in now uh, i do want to address we've talked about andrew bullock's comment around hodgson being conservative and stable uh, which is not We to talk about that and he said comfortably picking up points so we are safe and what i'm going to just add to that the certainty of the so we are safe and i it's i'm going to paraphrase a, a well a, a relatively well-known saying by just basically saying we're safe until we're not all right that's the bottom line at some point you'll be saying we are safe as we get relegated. Um, And that could be this season. You know, we think we've started well. We think we've had a tough run of games. Those things are probably true. But if you kind of just look that little bit broader, look at the 2020 statistics and how we've performed, what, what is the trend? What does that look like? The trend tells you everything about where we're heading right now. And we've got to change as soon as we can. Uh, Colin Squires interestingly is saying that uh, if Pardew had known how to close a game out instead of going for it would hang on instead of keep going for it would be the right way I'm confused that was his problem I know what you're saying though Colin yeah if he knew how to actually do that point of shutting up shop then um, you're right
0: I mean Pardew knew how to close a deal just not necessarily on the football pitch
2: Edit. For oh, <laughs> uh, we're live. We can't edit that. And, uh, Sorry. <laughs> review, review, can I just, uh, just quick disclaimer, the views of Mike Scott are entirely <laughs> those of Mike Scott and not the back of the nest or any of the associated people. Um, brackets, please see Mike Scott. Um, but no, um, <laughs> I, I do. I do think there's a valid point in there and Swansea springs to mind, you know, um, but one of the most traumatic experiences of our lives, I think that's uh, that five, four. Um, Anyway, so quite a lot going on there. You've covered Dale Martins and we're uh, we're steaming through to some other comments here. Luke quite rightly saying, I think we're setting up for the next manager and I think we've basically said to you that we think we are as well. Uh, Neil's talking a little bit disparagingly about Eddie Howe and I completely understand why. <laughs> he quite a, quite a good amount of money with Bournemouth. But I think the, the spell the spell of um, that Eddie Howe had that I actually like was the one that he had in getting Bournemouth promoted. I think yeah, once he got, he got them promoted... Yeah, it's a very different. You think about that club when they came up, the the size of the ground, the the players that they had. You, you know, it's a, it's a tough ask, and it's very easy to forget that you know they're they're a little bit like Wigan, who stayed in the Premier League for as long as they could, way beyond what they ever should, and have, and have kind of dropped out now you're probably seeing that a little bit with Bournemouth. And it was only the fact that somebody turned up with a bit of money that kept them there as long as it did. So I, I think we, we're in danger just because Eddie Howe looks like a Thunderbird puppet. We're in danger of being a little bit disrespectful <laughs> to his creepy style of management. And, um...
1: <laughs> and and just to be clear, I'm not sure I'm a huge um, Eddie Howe fan, but it's perspective. And if you want to compare him to Hodson at this point, I'll take, I'll take basically anybody. And that's how bad it's gone. And I hate being like that. I'd rather have a real plan. Like your Daniel Farker one is a really good one. People would say he's not a good manager because up have getting relegated, but Norwich actually did a great job in getting promoted and in staying up and, and in, uh, you know, how they played at, signed last year. I mean, some of the games that they played and there was not a very talented squad. I mean, you've seen some of the players now in retrospect have gone to top clubs. The defenders have all gotten sold. Brandia was, re- was, uh, was, um. Supposed to be going to Real Madrid or Barcelona so today. You know they've got a talented, talented uh, team, but I think he is a good manager. But he'd never get a Palace job because people say, "Oh, well, he got Norwich relegated." But then so did Eddie Howe. So again, I just want somebody, you know, somebody who's not named. <laughs> Oh God, at this point. Well, we, we all better work on our Daniel Farker
0: impression. <laughs> Mar- that, that's Mar- good. that's Martin, good. Can I put a quick question to you before Easy. I have to put my little girl to bed? Do you agree that Gyro should be starting every game? And controversially, was the signing of him an indication that given time, De, De Boer could have done a good job? <laughs> no, oh, I'm leaving that no. there. No, for <laughs> the first bit. Um, do you agree that Gyro
1: should be starting every game? yes. Oh, um, oh yeah, he really, really go on, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, to watch how he was today? He's that bit of calmness you need in the center of the pitch, and you're know, he's someone that's gonna pick out a pass and just calm the play down. I mean, if, even today, like I said, the few times that he got on the ball, I felt comfortable. And when he didn't have it, it was like it was it was all over the place. You know, we're trying to get the ball forward, you know, route one football. And when he had the ball, it was more, you know, I'll pass sideways, I'll look forward, I'll look, I'll look back, Wherever It was calm. The same way again, like, as they play, we need more players like that and less players who just want to get rid of the ball and who are afraid to do that. And I think that, yeah, Jarrell should play every single match, as I'm concerned.
2: There we go. Um, I'm going to have to skip some comments. Uh, one quick mention of the fact that... Uh, just because you've got a fantastic name ruben dario Lazal azal is Adumi. wow i I did well with the first two um so apologies for for mangling two of your four names but four names is quite greedy anyway um he says i'm done with roy and his defensive tactics since last season we need a new manager young with new ideas a team with more balance with Eze and Mayer in the first team. And I just thought that was an interesting comment given the, wow. one of the conversations we had in the uh, in the watch-along in the Brighton game today, guys. And that was talking about the facts that Max Mayer wasn't in the squad. And um, and I'll just repeat what I said there, really. And that's that the, the reason Max has not ever played under Roy Hodgson in any sustained way is because we don't play a system under Roy neither are four three three slash four five one or this four four two that Max Mayer suits. You know, there is a there is a role for Max Mayer at a team that plays a different way, um, that will allow him to, you know, float about the pitch and, and make play wherever he seems wherever he kind of sees fit, almost a free central role. But you know, you'd need a central midfield three of that and you'd need not to want them to all be defensive midfielders. And unfortunately we don't have that. And and similarly in the switch to four four two, he could you could use him in the Eze role, but it's not where he's at his best. You could use him centrally, but it's not where he's at his best in a two. Uh, or you could stick him out on the right, but you know he's, he's not an out-and-out out right winger either. So where, where does he play? Can't play up top, can't play just behind a striker. There's no real role for him, so it doesn't even matter if you're one of those people who thinks Max Mayer is a great player with, who hasn't had an opportunity, or you think he's a hugely overrated player who's basically the same player as Johnny Williams but with a more exotic name. And then you know it doesn't matter with either of those because there's just still not a place for him in in the squad. I have to think it's a shame, but uh, if there is a system where you could get you know Eze and Mayer in the same team, and you know that. That's two players really comfortable on the... um You need to just zoom out a little bit, Patrick. Uh, bring it back towards you. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Do you
0: know what worries me about that that little speech there, Hambo? That That's makes me think that is going to have exactly the same problem and we're not going to see him until Hodgson bugs off.
1: Mike, thank you. Thank you. You read my mind. It's exactly what I'm thinking. And again, Max Meyer... I love the John Yester comment about exotic name, by the way. It's brilliant. I, I, I am a fan, but it's not because I've seen him play a million times and I think he's a great player. I just think that if you've got a player like him, who I think is technically gifted, you find a way to get him in the lineup that works for you. Good managers, that's what they do. They find a way to get the best out of best players. Look, what, look how long it took, took this man now to figure out how well Wolves Zaha plays. It took him three seasons. Where's Wolves playing now, where he played two seasons ago? No, he moving up top because it makes more sense to get Wolf up top, right? You know, he's got like four or five goals. He he sees it in Wolf but doesn't see it in Maya. He doesn't see it in Camarasa and he won't see it in Eze. That's the problem I have. If you're a manager, you have to manage the players that you have. Stop the functionality with the CDM and the central defensive midfielder mentality and be a little bit more expansive. If it doesn't work, I'll be the first time to say, you know what? You lost five, four to Fulham. You know, what is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't even try to get players like Maya into the mix and it really frustrated that's why again i'll go back to it again i'm glad we don't we don't sign players like ben rama and Saka. they weren't going to play anyway you see them on the bench or not in the slot in the squad would have gotten me so frustrated would have gotten Paris frustrated would have gotten dougie frustrated it was it's ridiculous so again i just i wish we might play more but again not because i think he's a great player just i think that roy is just so set in his ways he won't do anything different
2: no, no, I mean, there's a, a question in from Jay. We were talking about Eddie Howe earlier on. And he said, does Eddie Howe play attacking football? Now, not to answer that question, really, but I think it's worth mentioning that we're not saying, you know, the, the opposite of what Roy's doing doesn't necessarily mean everyone's saying, let's play attacking football. Right. You know, that's And this is a problem with a lot of the arguments on this. Like, Probably. for example, you know, let's let's say right now, you know, we're we're currently laying into Roy Hodgson a little bit. Right. Uh, more than a little bit. Right. But that doesn't mean to say, for example, personally, it doesn't mean to say I don't respect Roy Hodgson. And I don't think he's a good manager for the right club and the right situation. And I don't think 45 years in management shows that, in fact, when you look at managers in general, he's been exceptional over his career. You know, he'll probably go down as one of the best because because of that longevity, because of the variation he's had in his career. He's obviously a good manager, but that doesn't mean that what he's doing now is right for us and our squad. And ultimately, it is just an opinion, as it is with any of us, right? So when someone says, "You know, does Eddie help play attacking football, I do think you have to be careful in saying that no one has said, well, I want Crystal Palace to play attacking football. It's nice. The idea that it is nice, isn't it, to think, we're going to dominate possession and attack and score loads of goals, and the opposition won't score any because ultimately that's the perfect thing, isn't it? That's football perfect. But what we're actually saying is there's got to be a trade off, isn't there, between attack and defence? And right now, we have a manager whose faith in the squad, no matter who seems to be in it, seems to be based around stopping opposition playing, negating negating everybody first and foremost and then seeing if you can win the game and you know i we're just saying that that attitude now after four years it just seems like it's no longer the way to go now if you're happy with that personally right now you're you can sit there and say no i want i want another i I hope roy never retires i want us to play like this every week that's fine that's great i I mean i don't understand (laughs) but but fine so be it so don't don't think because you don't want one thing, you immediately want the opposite. We're not arguing that now. We're arguing for a change for something different, uh, but it has to be better, you know, and, and at some point, you know, there's a risk involved in whoever you appoint, whether it's Eddie Howe or whoever, it's still a risk that they might not
1: do as well as, as Roy was doing. And Hambo, the question about attacking football was interesting. What kind of style is Jose Marino known for? Defensive football, correct? But now he's got yeah. Gareth Bale, Son young um, uh, uh Harry Kane uh, Lamella Lo Celso Ali and look at him today he's up 3-0 in the game that's not Jose football oh yeah they got, got they got pegged back to 3-3 but my point is he's an offensive manager he's always been that way but he ha- he now has Bergwijn he's got extremely attacking players he's going to have changed his style it may not work for today's match but I bet over time it does so you adjust so you're absolutely right you don't have to go from one extreme to the other but again Roy Hodgson and again Respecting the man and liking him are two different things. I respect what he's done, but I just feel like his sell-by date is well gone. He is well past Manchester. His age are not around anymore. Ferguson's gone. Wenger's gone. You know, you've got a lot of lot younger managers in football now. The game has changed. He needs to change. and He's not willing to do it. That's fine. Just move on. That's what I'm asking for. I'm not asking. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to denigrate the man. He obviously is a tremendously his his CV is ridiculously long and great. But at this point, I just think for Palace, he's not the right manager anymore. I just think that the manager for him is just it just passed him by.
0: I think there's a good question here from Ronjil73, um, and I realise I'll skip someone. Go back to him. Do you think the front players enjoy playing for Roy? Well, I don't see how they can. You know, it's 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 absolutely destroying their stats for a start. You know, they're, they're feeding on scraps. You could see how angry Zahar was. You could you got the impression from um, Hodgson's post match interview that he wasn't impressed with Zahar who I, I really don't see what the hell he could do. Um, you know, my worry is that these players are going to be deeply unhappy by the time we get a new manager and it might not be repairable. That's that's the main thing that, that worries me. Uh, a couple of yeah. comments. Just Sorry, just a couple of comments on Max before you get into that. Max really hasn't taken his opportunity and he's too small for the Premier League as well.
2: I think some of that, I don't think that, I mean, if you think about, you know, David Silver was wasn't too small for the Premier League, was he? So, uh, yeah, definitely
1: off also weight as well. Yeah,
2: but but I, but I understand. You know, physicality was definitely an issue for our our management team, if you like. So, um, but I, and I also get that, and I also think there is some truth in him not taking his opportunity. I just think ultimately, um, even he, he did have a run of games. I think playing sort of left side of central midfield for a while, and you kind of thought that would be it, but. Um, other than a, I think he had a couple of nice finishes here and there. Not really done it, so I think that's fair. But it's it's hard to um, you know for any player to come in and, and, and play in a few games here and there, and you know build up that rhythm and and and, and you know keep that keep that place. Some do, some don't. Um, I think you know Mark said was talking about Roy saying that he can't see him getting getting sacked, particularly with Corona and Parish. will see him as a, as a safe pair of hands. He's a, again, he's a safe pair of hands until he isn't, isn't he? Uh, you know if if in Ten games time, we're uh, we're still averaging around this number of points per game. Um, you know the, the table might look a little bit more threatening than it currently does. So we'll see. we we'll see to try and judge things after ten games in a season. So we'll see where we end up. You know we've got we've got a run of games where you look at it and on paper we should be getting some points. Uh, not if we surrender possession and and don't attack and don't create any goal scoring opportunities. We won't. But you know, I, th- I think we'll, learn- we'll know a lot more about how this season is going to go in the next five five to ten games. I think, um, Jay saying, play as a in in, uh, in cam, as it's often referred to as sort of central, uh, I well, central attacking midfield in behind the striker, Patrick. We love that, don't we? Yes, but, we do. um, but yeah, we don't play that way, so you know, no. it, it never is gonna our, that
1: never going to
2: happen, uh, which is which is a shame because he's definitely, as QPR fans have repeatedly said, and we've talked about a lot. That is definitely his best position. I do want to take this absolute hospital pass of a question from Edmund Brack uh, and ask you both this who plays a better brand of football, Peter Taylor <laughs> or Roy Hodgson? Oh my gosh,
0: Mike, oh, that's, that's tough, isn't it? Um. I mean, they're both the absolute champagne of football. Uh, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's exactly why you want to fork out 600 quid for a season ticket. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd peel this into that mix as well. It, it's it's exactly why we became Palace fans, yeah. Um, you know, I, I I always think probably erroneously that um, Palace, when you talk about Palace's DNA, which I know is a load of shit, but, um, you know, flair, counter-attacking football, 40% possession, Beat them on the break. Um, we're so close to that. We just don't have the break. You know, the forty percent possession, we're fine with. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's tough. We, we have we averaged
2: thirty three percent now. Come on, mate.
1: Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? You know. Um, that's a great. I mean, I'm not going to answer it seriously because it's, it's not a serious question for me. But I, I have totally in my mind wiped out Pete Teller's managerial record at Palace because <laughs> I saw him as a player. And Peter as a player was one of the best players they ever put on the Palace shirt, and it wasn't even close. So I only meant Peter as a player. So I refuse him as a manager because it would totally mess up my memory of that man. Really, I mean,
0: I, to be honest, I, uh, Roy is my choice out of those two. <laughs> yeah, probably, too, yeah. <laughs> Who,
1: who's whose interview was it
2: recently where they talked about what what happened with the players under Taylor? Oh, that's gonna bug me. I've read it recently. It was in, I think it was in the uh, club magazine, that ninety plus seven magazine. <laughs> Who was it?
1: Leon anyway, Court.
2: whoever. Yes, it was Leon Court. You're absolutely yeah, bang on.
1: Talking about his, his uh, brother, yeah. Leo Loftus yeah, and he, yeah,
2: he was saying basically what happened with Peter Taylor was that the players really turned on him very, very quickly. Because yep. if you remember, the first couple of games, we were decent and then it just all fell apart. And it looked like we were the most bored. I'll tell you now, because Hodgson was it, Hodgson's football is better than Peter Taylor's. It because, is. Because... The, the football under Taylor actually made me contemplate things I don't want to talk about. I just just <laughs> literally, you know, you'd have, you'd have, you'd have rather have knitting than watching football. It was that bad. It, there were times there was a game we we played against, um, I think it was Wimbledon or something like that. I went went to, went with a mate who's a I think he's a United fan, uh, the one who went with me that day. And uh, anyway, and we just basically watched Palace pass the ball up and down the wings and just do nothing all game. Oh, yeah. And I just, I didn't have, I couldn't even think. It it almost killed me. My brain had almost shut down entirely. So I, I can't say Hodgson's ever done that. Um, but Leon Court was talking about the fact that... Give it time, my,
1: give it time Hambo. Give you, it yeah, time. maybe.
2: One more season, maybe. About behind, oh,
1: behind no! the, <laughs> one more season. You're going to kill behind
2: me. It, uh, behind the scenes, um, Court was saying that basically the senior players, and he was suggesting it was the likes of, I think, Friedman, Yes. I don't know if it was Popovich at the time, but certainly Dougie and, and that, the more yeah. senior pros. Um, and I think he was talking about, was it maybe Hudson and McCarthy or someone like that? Basically, whoever the centre-backs were at the time. Um, and he was saying that they really turned on Taylor and and basically the team, as a result, stopped respecting him. He said at half-time they used to say things to him like, oh, you, you know, you're going to get sacked in the morning anyway. What's the point of listening to you? That's at half-time. Can you imagine that? Imagine at half time your play your, your manager comes in and says, Guys, that wasn't good enough. I need you to shape up on and the players going, Why why should we listen to you? You're not even gonna be a Monday. You know, in you
1: know, in this book, he wasn't a big fan of his early so Jordan was not a Taylor fan either. No. He was the fan as a player, not the manager. So that that stuff, on top of him not being a fan, he was never gonna last as the manager because Jordan did not yeah. like being Taylor at all. So
2: but anyway, it's a bit of a digression and probably a welcome one from all the pain. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we've got a few other questions sitting in there. And um, I think, you know, Gary Milton was talking about the fact that there's got to be a happy medium, great in the back and good going forward. That's the dream, Gary. Uh, absolutely right. Uh, Neil again saying, in the current situation, would you pay 15 quid to watch us play? Uh, no. <laughs> um, there's got to be better ways of, um, and, and you know, cheaper ways and potentially free ways of doing that, hey. Eh? Um bad to eight boxing saying how would you set Palace out for their next game? I, I don't have a problem with the system, I have a problem with the mentality. And you know, I don't see even too much with with wrong with what the, the squad that in fact the the lineup, the first eleven that, that Roy picked. There's just got to be something different about how we approach the game, the, our, our plan of action, how far forward the players are, what do we do when we when when the when the team is starting to drop deep because they're under pressure? How do we adjust? You know, and a little bit of tactical flexibility. That's what we'd like to see him. There was a time in that where we sort of asked the question: Oh, have we gone three in midfield? And we thought we had for about two minutes until we realised it was Roy Hodgson and we hadn't. Um, we did like right at the very end with substitutions, you know, m- making a difference. We did, but. It's just the, the kind of lack of action. I think it's more a case of, of you know, you'd like to see a plan appropriate to the opposition. And, and, you know, it's Fulham up next, isn't it? And if we let Fulham have the ball and try to hit them on the counter and don't do anything different and end up losing, then really what do we say to that? So, so fingers crossed we don't see that.
0: Well, I mean, I, to, what I could say is that a loss to Fulham might be one of the few situations where you might get your wish. Um because the, the the tide against Hudson would be obscene if we got outplayed by uh, a team destined to go down in 20th place.
1: Really? Um, it's interesting. Uh, oh, go hmm. go. No, I, I, I think if this were a situation where it's an away match anyway, but if we, if we had the fans in the stadium, and I remember, on, I'll never forget it, the way that the fans turned on, on Holloway and we knew that the next match he was not going to be there. I think the fans were in the stadium and could and could and could, you know, voice their displeasure. I think there'll be a chance, but I, I'm with I'm with Mike. I don't think uh, until January when something may happen because of a certain individual may be available. I don't think it's going to happen until January. So we're talking about three months of this. I don't see it happening prior to that unless he decides to put an interim, like put bring Dougie down and have Dougie, you know, run this side until January. I don't think Hodgson, unless, and Hodgson will not walk away. He will not walk away from this because that's not in his DNA. So I don't think there'll be a change, but again, here's hoping. Indeed.
2: Look, we're going to obviously have to bring this to a close relatively soon. Uh, we've got a few more comments to get to first. And obviously, thank you to everyone who's contributed. No matter what you said, no matter what view you put across, always welcome to hear it. And, and everything's been read and considered as we go. Um, so Will has, has asked a very interesting question and something we have debated a little bit before in the podcasts. Um, and he's saying, "Do you blame Benteke for his form or Hodgson?" Uh, he's saying that he blames Hodgson, and um, he said, "If we played to his strengths, we'd have a ten to fifteen goal striker." Uh, I think it's a really interesting point. You know, I, I'll, I'll answer my little bit first, then let uh, Patrick and Mike jump in. I, I think he, I think it's no coincidence that when we bought him, he scored seventeen goals because we played in a way that suited him um i think you can't fully blame roy hodgson because you know the player has a has a responsibility as well and he has lost form he has lost confidence but he's also been wasteful of certain chances but i think what what happened is he got knocked out of any kind of a rhythm in terms of of playing games regularly getting chances created from regularly and the problem is if you don't know where your chances are coming from so for example with it we all know get crosses into the box but if you don't know when the, the player is going to cross or when he's going to cut back or when he's going to take that you know extra touch or whatever if you're not playing on instinct anymore you just you know it, it just becomes impossible uh, and I, and I really think for his own good he should have got out of the club a little while ago if, if he could have gone anywhere but you know look at the stats but, you know before he before he played under Roy Hodgson he was he was scoring goals pretty much everywhere he went and if you look at other strikers under Roy certainly as as palace manager, who's who scored big numbers of goals? You know, nobody. And you could argue we've just not had we've not had you know, good enough strikers. I suppose that's one, one argument you might take. But, you know, for me, I, I don't think it and I think Scott's just said the same thing at the bottom there, Scott Buchanan. It doesn't seem to matter who we're talking about up front. It it seems that we've struggled to score goals no matter who's up there.
0: I mean, I'd say that his conversion ratio it, it is really low, uh, especially with um, shots rather than headers. Um, certainly, I mean, I you know, he only scored nine last season, but um, it, he, he stayed in the side because Benteke was just getting the chances and not putting them away. He definitely scored more in a different system. Um, you know, if he was still under Allardyce, he'd be getting a lot more headers, which he does put away. But um, it's a man bereft of confidence, so it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Um but he's missed a lot of shots in the last couple of years. So to me it's seventy five percent Ben Teco, twenty five percent Elgin. Um
2: in the interest of time we'll 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 leave that there. Um in in, in terms of that question. We've got uh, Jay. Uh, um I'll go back to Scott's question around Fulham to to end with. But Jay saying, do you think the longer that Roy stays, the more damaging to the squad it is and harder for the next manager? Uh Patrick, I mean I think there's some truth in that How about you.
1: Yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that. Um the detriment it could have, but I agree. I mean I've watched a lot of as a um uh, interviews and one of the things he talked about is when he first um, was released to one of his earlier releases he had, you know got to QPR I think it's Andy Impey the one that kind of took him under his wing and kind of gave him confidence back and I think that my fear is that as a if he doesn't play and or loses you know his confidence the next man's gonna have a very difficult time uh not only just getting him to play but just getting his confidence up. So had I had not thought about that, jay I think that's a great point. I think Wolf's pretty resilient. Wolf can kind of Wolf been through a ton of managers and can deal with it. But I wonder someone like Eze, who may or may not maybe even a younger player, let's say like a Scott Banks, not even given it may not even give it a chance under Mitchell, You know, probably I think that's a really good point. I think that the longer he stays and under this type of rigid, boring system, certain certain types of players, gyro for instance, might may, may suffer suffer under him. So good point.
2: Okay, um, there's been obviously the, um, the the questions around who we'd like to see as the next manager. I've said uh, Daniel Farker myself. Uh, there's a suggestion there from Oliver Scott of David Wagner, which is an interesting one. I know at one stage I do believe um, he was he was liked by, by people at the club. Uh, certainly an interesting manager. Uh, did an extremely, extremely good job at Huddersfield and I actually felt a little bit sorry for him when it went wrong there because I don't think it was anything to do with him. It was just, I think, it was a club that was overstretched and unable to compete in the Premier. League. I don't think they've they've benefited from getting rid of him. Uh, I've forgotten where he's gone on now, but you know, I think he's a he's a decent manager and, and maybe deserves another crack at the Premier League. Um, sorry, there's more questions coming in. I'm getting confused. Uh, where was that one that I wanted to, to actually read out? Uh, there you go, from Scott. we would love to know how many uh, how many will pay to watch us against Fulham? How can we get the figures? I don't think anyone's going to be releasing the pay-per-view, pay-per-view figures uh, easily for the for the Fulham game. But, I, you know, it's funny. People do tend to part with their cash um, to, to watch their teams. Uh, you'd hope that movement suggesting people don't um, gain some ground because I don't think the problem is paying as necessarily a pay-per-view. I think it's the sum of money.
0: Yeah, it's got it's got to be a fiver, hasn't it? Um can, can we can we, uh, providing you two haven't looked on who tell me who you think who made the man of the match? Both of you?
2: Um, is, is it the, as in the Palace man of the match or the, no, whole, the t- whole the
0: whole the whole the whole, t- the whole game 20, 20 odd people?
1: Um, my guess would be um, Tariq Lamptey. Ambo.
2: I am going to go with Lewis Dunk. James <laughs> McArthur.
0: Well, no, amazingly, Lewis Dunk got 5.7 despite the fact he got sent off. Player yeah. of the game, according to whoscored.com, who we use heavily on this pod, Jeffrey Schlupp with a seven and a half. Oh, um, really? And, and um, the ratings, the average ratings for, the, for both teams are almost identical. So I don't know what's happened there because they had 20 shots and we had one. Um, the only, only the only other thing I wanted to mention was we haven't mentioned our sponsor, Pitch Sports today.
2: Oh, there you go, Pitch Sport Football. Google the words Pitch Sport Football. Download their app. Get involved. That's a it's a great reminder. I'm just about to go on there and rate the manager and players for the uh, for the last game. Wonder how well they'll do there. Um, but you also get to do your predictions as well and all that kind of stuff. A um, couple of other late suggestions for managers. Uh, Rafa Benitez from Tony Holt would oh, love it.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. brilliant! And,
2: uh, and uh, Neil Neil yeah. De Lake. Oh I, I don't know, you still don't know if I got it right, Neil. But thank you for for understanding. Um, he suggested Mike Bassett, the fictional England manager. Um,
1: which... I'm watching that by the way on YouTube. I mean on uh, uh, Netflix. Pretty funny. Peter
0: <laughs> David Wagner was sacked by after a terrible run of yeah. form. So yeah, yeah. Good,
2: good update.
0: Um, so he's available. Just... Just for uh, thank you to the people that are not listening live as well. Uh, we t- we've tried a live pod today, uh, just because uh, we're all a little bit angry. So if you're listening back on the podcast, thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely worth um, thanking. But yeah, in particular, those of you that have joined us live and, and and helped us actually put together this show without us having to write anything, hugely appreciated. Uh, something a little different. I don't think we'll we'll necessarily do all of our review shows like this, but there'll be plenty more content on this channel. Uh, most of it by Dr. Obviously, because he loves it. Um, but uh, make sure you, you're liking and subscribing <laughs> if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to our podcast and all your chosen podcast apps. Rate and review, please. Five stars. I don't care if you like it or not. Just give us five stars. I just want five stars. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for Mikey for lurking in the background and producing. To Patrick, Mike, um, and and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I, I don't. I don't really want to thank him, but. Uh, Fire
0: Joe Ward. Yeah, yeah, fire Joe Ward, yeah. Cheers,
2: guys. See you later. Back
0: of the Nest Review Show, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com
2: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, All at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.